Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one else along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. Whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Then we look down in verse 17. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you how it applies to our lives, to our church. We ask that you would help us as we go forward throughout the rest of this year, that we would indeed be your church and be about your business and show us how to do that each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Now I know that in some modern English translations, it says that he sent out 70 or some English translations say he sent out 72. And some scholars are differing as to exactly what number is there because different English, old translations and manuscripts have different numbers. Really doesn't quite matter because there's not a significant lesson involved in whether it's 70 or 72 uh, that he sent out. But what we do want to realize is this. Jesus sends his followers out to attempt big things. And that's what's happening here. Note it's several chapters back when he sends the 12 out. These are unknown followers of Jesus Christ. These do not include the 12 disciples. These are 70 other followers that we don't even know their names, but by this we realize there are quite a few folks that are following Jesus to the point he could trust them to go and be sent on a mission. And he asked his followers to attempt some Big things. Now, when it comes to big things, I would say that we, as Brister, know what it's like to attempt big things. I would say a successful Awana program, big thing. Now, I'm not talking about the closing program. I'm talking about the whole year. Having a successful Awana program for 10 years is a big thing. And a lot of churches that have had Awana programs find it difficult to maintain them for that long. 
having a fundraiser to take care of a family and have about 50 people work together to pull this off, that's a big thing. And I would say if you look back over the fact of keeping a church in operation, not only that, but is thriving over 120 years after it was begun right here in Brister, Arkansas, that's a big thing. So when we look at big things, it's not limited to just what happened then and there. It's here and now. But he asked his followers, which includes all of us, to attempt big things. These people, he attempted, he asked them to attempt several things. First of all, to represent him. It says he sent them out two by two before his face to every city and place where he would go. He sent them before he came. And they were to represent him and to announce his coming and his mission and his work. As we leave here, he sends us out to represent him. Wherever we go, he said, there's where you represent me. He also asked them to bring peace wherever they would go. He says, when you go to a house, you proclaim peace be to you. Now we would have one or two results in any encounter that we, we come up again. I suppose we could have a, a neutral result, but that would be a peaceful result. Are we going to bring peace to the situation, or are we going to trouble the situation, stir the waters up? Are we going to be peace to the hearts that we encounter? Are we going to bring peace to the people that we meet? Or are we going to bring other turmoil into the day and into the day's schedule? But it's a big thing, he said, when you enter into the house, you be a messenger and an influence for peace wherever you go. That's a big thing. It's a big thing because we live in a troubled age and we deal every day with troubled people. They're troubled because of sadness and illness and hurt, or maybe they're troubled because of hostility to the Lord, but there's not peace there, and we do encounter a challenge to attempt a big thing to bring peace to others. And then he said, you declare the kingdom of God. In verse 9 and in verse 11, we have two different uh, situations. They're either accepted and do their work, or they're rejected. He said, in both cases... You declare the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come near to you. And even in the towns that rejected them, he said the last thing you say, the kingdom of God is still near. You announce the coming of the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where God is in complete and total control. Uh, you know, when Jesus told us to pray the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that last statement describes the kingdom of God. Your will is done. You're in control. So what he said is, I'm, I'm asking you to go and attempt a big thing. And that big thing is that you would represent me wherever you go and tell them that the Lord's coming, the Lord's available, and to bring peace to the situations you find yourself in and declare the kingdom of God. These are not the only big things that he asked us to do, but I believe the pattern is there. He asked us as his followers to attempt big things. Jesus is honest about the conditions of attempting big things. First of all, attempting big things is difficult. 
Attempting nothing is easy. Attempting little things is easy. Attempting big things is difficult. So difficult that he said, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he may send laborers into the harvest. What did he say? I'm asking you to attempt a big thing. I'm asking you to do something that few people want to attempt. He even said this, I send you out as lambs among wolves. So he said, it's going to be hard. And he does ask them to pray for an easier job. I'm asking you to do a big thing. He didn't say pray that the load would get lighter. He said pray for help. Pray for more laborers in the harvest. Now, here's a note, and you probably hear this again. Who did he ask to pray for more laborers? Those who were already working. He didn't look over to people who were procrastinating or standing on the sidelines and said, you better pray for some more help. He talked to the ones who were in the game, and he said, this is a big thing. This is a hard thing. This is a difficult thing. And the harvest is plentiful. Pray for more workers. Also, attempting big things will require some sacrifice. In verse 14, he, care, he tells these people, these 70, he said, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. He wouldn't tell them to be snobs. What he was meaning is this. In the Middle Eastern culture where Jesus ministered, as you traveled and you met a traveler, you could waste a lot of time just standing around engaging in frivolous ceremonial greetings. But he said, you need to keep your mind on your business and travel light. Don't carry money bag, knapsack, or sandals. And so he asked them to sacrifice some things and travel light and depend on his goodness along the way. In verse 7 or 8, he said, you'll come into some towns. You come into some towns and you will find people who will offer you hospitality. And he says this, remain in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give. Another cultural thing. When a stranger or a traveler entered into a house, it was an honor for someone to offer them hospitality. Now, if the neighbor knew that you were staying next door, they would come and try to one-up the people you were staying with. And they would think, well, if they're offering you this, if you'll come to my house, we'll offer you that. And then another neighbor will find out, well, if you'll come to my house, we'll offer you that. And you could spend your time just kind of walking up the ladder of hospitality to where you find yourself taken care of pretty good. Here's the problem. If you were doing that, you weren't taking care of the Lord's business. So what he's saying is this. I'm going to ask you to forego any possibility of promotion. In the town where you come to, the first house you come to, when you get there, there's where you'll stay. You'll travel light and you'll stay there. In other words, I'm asking you to do a big thing. And when I ask you to do a big thing, it may require some sacrifice and letting go of some things and passing up some opportunity for big things that would cause you to miss out on the main job you're in town, and that is to represent me. And he said this, eat such things as are set before you. 
Well, we would put it this way in South Arkansas language, be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what you have. And in being thankful for what you have and not being so discontent that you spend your time trying to gain more stuff, you can devote your time to attempting the big thing and keeping your mind on the big job. We may sometimes experience disappointment. Now, Jesus laid it out, and he didn't tell the 70, I'm sending you forward, and I'm asking you to attempt a big thing, and every town you go to, they're just going to welcome you with open arms because you're working for me. He said this in verse 10, whatever city you enter and they do not receive you. Uh-oh, there's a possibility that you may experience some disappointment. That what you're attempting may not happen in that city. But he didn't say, when that happens, it's over. You're done. Throw it all in. Come home. Not going. You tell the disappointment, but the kingdom of God has come near you. You keep on with what I have asked you to do. Jesus is honest about the conditions of attempting big things. Going to be hard? Yes. It will be so hard it requires working together to accomplish. Notice, there were 70 of them, and he sent them out two by two. He knew they would need to work together to pull this off. And then he said, and this is really not enough. You pray for more help along the way. So yes, attempting big things does require some effort, sacrifice, and sometimes some disappointment and some failure. But the effort and sacrifice of following Jesus brings no regret. In verse 17, it said, The 70 returned with joy. With joy. You see, when we attempt big things as a church or as individuals, and set our mind to do whatever it takes and pay whatever it costs and endure whatever sacrifice to do his work, ultimately we will return with joy. And they said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now that's an interesting statement there, that it would be included right here. Because some scholars say, was Jesus referring back to the passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 where it said Lucifer fell from heaven was he referring to that why would he shoe spoon that into there well I like what William Barclay said he's a Greek scholar that looked at this he said no it could be a result of their work because they came and said even the demons are subject to us in other words even hell itself couldn't stop us from doing the work that you gave us to do. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, a lot of times we look at that and say, well, what was Satan doing in heaven in the first place, right? Well, from heaven probably didn't refer to Satan. It referred to lightning. And what Satan fall like lightning from heaven? That makes a difference. What was he trying to say? He was trying to say he fell so fast. How fast does lightning fall? Just like that. 
And he said, I saw Satan fall just like that. What was he referring to? Remember when Jesus told Simon Peter, I will build my church on this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he sends 35 teams out to storm the gates of hell and he said, because of what you did, I saw Satan and his work fall in a flash like lightning from heaven. You see, they, they didn't know that's what they were attempting. They just thought they were going to spread the news about Jesus coming. And they were spread peace among the houses where they were being declared the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, Satan fell so fast because you did what I asked you to do and you were faithful with your message and with your mission. And so it's true. The gates of hell won't prevail against the church when the church attempts big things. And he asked the church to attempt big things. And they returned with joy. And there's one more passage kind of cap it all off to reinforce when we're determined to attempt big things, it, effort and sacrifice and even sometimes the setbacks bring no regret. It'll always bring joy. John chapter 14. Excuse me, chapter 4. John chapter 4. Verse 35. It's kind of a partner verse to this because he's speaking of his work being like a harvest and workers in a harvest. And we pair these verses together a lot. John chapter 4, verse 35. Don't you say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Listen to this, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Rejoice together. Attempting big things, being faithful with what God asks us to do, regardless of the sacrifices involved, will bring rejoicing to the child of God and to the church of God. Is there anything before we close? Not let's stand and be dismissed.